Producers and creators are the sources of all value on the planet. MC Lobster, the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast Cashflow Ninja, is on a mission with Producers Wealth to help producers create, protect, and multiply their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy by creating systems and processes that help them increase their production, provides them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, I'm joined by Doug Marshall that will be sharing how to master the art of commercial real estate investing. Doug Marshall is a veteran real estate professional of nearly 40 years, more than 30 of which are related to financing apartments and other commercial real estate. For the past decade, he has also invested in several rental properties. He is the author of the newly released book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing, How to Successfully Build Wealth and Grow Passive Income from Your Rental Properties. This book is written for the real estate investor who is either new to investing or has been at it a while but realizes he or she needs help learning the time-proven principles of real estate investing. Over the years, Doug has learned these principles, sometimes by observing his clients in action and sometimes through the school of hard knocks while investing on his own. Now, he's learned them the hard way, but his readers don't have to. By reading his book, you can learn these real estate principles acquired from the successes and failures of his clients and from his own personal experiences. Doug has written the book for all those investors who one day want to quit their day job and devote their energies exclusively to their rental properties. If that's your plan, then this book is for you. Are you an investor looking for passive cash flow but don't have the time to explore your options? Discover Real Estate. It's the best option for passive income that savvy investors have been turning to for years to generate income and build wealth. But the reality is real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. So what do you do if you don't have the time or market knowledge? Discover how many business investors have found a way to generate cash flow from real estate investing. Their secret? They partner with proven private real estate investment funds. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system that allows accredited investors the opportunity to invest in undervalued assets to generate passive income and capital gains. Invest with the cash flow experts and sit back while Four Peaks does all the work. Call Four Peaks Capital Partners at 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or go to privateincomeinvesting.com. An offer to buy or sell securities is only made by a private placement memorandum. Prospective investors must read the PPM in its entirety before making an investment decision. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow 
equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and sell storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. Doug, welcome to the show. Well, MC, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to talk to your listeners. Now, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Absolutely. I have 35 years of experience in commercial real estate. I began with a developer, uh, was very fortunate to, to work for a very good developer in California for a number of years, ended up doing property management for him for three years. I can say, honestly, that the my three years of property management were probably the longest three years of my life. Uh, there's a certain personality bench you need for property management, and I certainly don't have it. And then the, uh, but since 1987, I have been on the financing side of commercial real estate. And personally, my entrepreneurial background began when I started my own commercial mortgage brokerage firm, Marshall Commercial Funding, in 2003. And simply put, I help real estate investors get the best possible financing for their rental properties uh, so they can optimize the return on their investments. As far as my investment side, uh, I personally started investing uh, in 2007 in commercial real estate. Now, you picked uh, commercial real estate. What were some of the characteristics that attracted you to commercial real estate and why you prefer this uh, over the other niches within the real estate, the vehicle of real estate? Well, I think I fell into it, to be honest. Back uh, 35 years ago, I was just a a kid out of uh, college and I ended up working for this developer. So there was no real mindset, no um, uh, decision-making on, on my part. And as I got more and more uh, experience in commercial real estate, I began to love it um, very much. So it's, I like the, the challenge, uh, challenges of commercial real estate. Every property is different. Uh, there are, uh, Lots of opportunities to make excellent money in commercial real estate. Absolutely. And uh, the, the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity there are to solve. What are some of the value adds that, that you've brought in and uh, some examples that you can share uh, that, you've, uh, that you've helped um, to increase the value of properties throughout your career? Well, as a, as a mortgage broker with a background in real estate finance, you really need to know backwards and forwards uh, how to finance a property, how much leverage to put on it, uh, and um, what's the best way, the, the optimal way to, uh, to get a return on your investment. And a lot of it has to do with the financing side. So um, the types of properties that I particularly invest in are value-added plays. It's where the property might be run down uh, the, uh, the, the seller does not have a particular vision for his property. And what, you, what I've found is, is that you need to uh, be able to take a look at a property, not as it is, not as it is at that moment in time, but what it could be if, it was, if the property were well-managed. Now, when we hear commercial uh, real estate, can you explain what types of real estate it's in? Because we have seen a lot of uh, 
a lot of folks talk about real estate, uh, the challenges that commercial real estate has, and also the opportunities that are springing up in commercial real estate, because there's always two sides of a coin and actually three, right? Um, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, my, de- my definition of commercial real estate is fairly broad. And by that, I mean, it is anything from, uh, it's an investment owned property. So it could be as small as a, a, a rental house and it could be as large as, let's say, the Empire State Building. Uh, it's anything that's investor-owned uh, that generates cash flow. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not MC uh, your house. It is not a owner-occupied situation. So if you own a, a business and you own the, the 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 building that it's located in, you're really not trying to maximize the return on your investment in the property when you're uh, owner-occupied. You're trying to 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 maximize your profit on your on your company itself. So it's anything that's investor-owned. That's what I define as as commercial real estate. So you're including multifamily in this uh, shopping centers, strip malls, all of that into the, into that. Absolutely. Now, what are you seeing is happening out there in the in the market? I know it's very specific, uh, and state specific, area specific, but uh, if you have a kind of a thirty thousand foot view overview of the market in the United States uh, in and North America, what are you seeing? Well, there's a couple of different th- trends that are happening. Uh, you know, since the Great Recession, uh, we have seen uh, cap rates decline, values go up, and that is now beginning to reverse itself. We're we're, we're getting to the point right now where we uh, the the commercial real estate market has peaked. I think in 2016 the market peaked uh, for commercial real estate, especially for apartments. I'm, I'm fairly confident that's probably the, the peak year. Uh, and then for 2017, I think the other property types, uh, finally, uh, peaked as well. And I think part of the, the reason for this is that, uh, interest rates have uh, gone up uh, substantially in the last year, almost a full point. And as interest rates go up, so must cap rates. They they're just um, they're connected at the hip, so to speak. So uh, values are right now are uh, they're not necessarily declining, but they are they are not uh, going up uh, like they were even six months ago. So uh, the market has definitely changed. Now, Doug, you, you uh, released uh, recently released your new book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing, How to Successfully Build Wealth and Grow Passive Income from Your Rental Properties. And in this book, you share six immutable laws of real estate investing. Can you share them with my listeners? I'd be happy to. Unfortunately, we don't have time to go through all six, um, not unless you want to focus on this one particularly, but let me give you a couple of the ones that I like uh, the, the most. Uh, the, the one I'd like to mention is be patient and wait for the fat pitch. It's a, it's a baseball analogy. Now, I'm not sure how familiar you are with baseball uh, being from South Africa, but uh, a pitcher behind on the count gets to the, gets, um, to, and needs to get the next pitch over the plate. And if he doesn't, he knows he's going to walk the batter. And more importantly, the batter knows that he's going to uh, needs to get that uh, next pitch over the plate. So a good batter w- waits for the fat pitch. 
And the analogy is, is that in commercial real estate, the wise investor waits patiently for those investments that have the potential for being home runs. And oftentimes, when we get into this buying frenzy that we've had over the last few years, um, some investors are not uh, patient enough to wait for those properties that truly are the exception, the ones that they should be purchasing. And so, one of the six laws uh, of real estate investing is be patient and wait for the fast, fat pitch. Another one, uh, MC, is uh, to be contrarian. You know, humans are prone to the herd instinct. Uh, when everyone is buying, they buy. When everyone is selling, they sell. And I, I encourage people not to follow the herd because if you follow the herd, you're likely not going to do as well. So be contrarian. So those are a couple of ideas that I, I mentioned in the book uh, under the six immutable laws of real estate investing. And in your experience and on your journey, what are some of the successful uh, habits that uh, you would attribute to people that are successful investors? Well, I've had the opportunity, uh, MC, over the past 35 years to work with many commercial real estate investors. That's kind of the advantage of being a, a mortgage broker. And it's easy to watch. It's, it's fun to watch how highly successful real estate investors have several uh, common uh, hab habits uh, that they seem to have. And a couple of them that I, I like is that they have a simple approach to analyzing commercial real estate opportunities. You know, each investor has his own methods of an analyzing a deal, but it, it's surprising to me um, that most have a relatively simple set of parameters that they use as their guidelines for making their go, no-go decisions for purchasing commercial real estate. You know, rarely do they employ the, the more sophisticated methods of evaluation, such as uh, the net present value of discounted cash flows or, or use an internal rate of return. They're almost on a back of the napkin type of approach, and they're highly successful at it. So that's one of the habits that I've found from my uh, investors that I've uh, done business with over the years. They really have a simple approach. The second thing I would tell you is that they have a, also a big approach, a big picture approach to investing. They don't get caught up in the minutia of the detail. Rather, they step back and look at the big picture or, you know, or, let, or the, the 30,000 foot view in order to effectively make the right decision. And in many ways, their decisions make it, are making is more of an art than it is a science. And that's the reason why I called the book the Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing. It's because they're able to pull the trigger much faster than those who overanalyze uh, their opportunities. So those are a couple of different um, habits that I've seen that my most successful, uh, high net worth successful real estate investors seem to have in common. So it's a lot more philosophically and principled uh, driven than just crunching numbers until, uh, <laughs> until you can't crunch it anymore. Absolutely. That is exactly what it is. Uh, people think of commercial real estate investing as crunching the numbers and trying to get the best cash on cash return. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the ones that are highly successful kind of do it more uh, on the back of a napkin, as I said. They're more, much more intuitive because many of the, of the decisions or the uh, trends that are affecting commercial real estate have nothing to do with uh, necessarily with the numbers per se. It has to do with the market. 
It has to do with the, uh, the particular neighborhood the property is located in, the path to growth uh, of, uh, of Im- uh, improvements uh, to uh, properties around them. Uh, and they, they kind of know what they're looking for in general. And then they make sure that they, you know, they might have four or five different factors that they look at. And if all those test uh, out to be true, then they go ahead and pull the trigger. Very interesting. Uh, now, Doug, uh, there's there's obviously a, a journey in lessons that we learn, and not all of it is learned from successes. Some of it is learned from challenges and and failures as well. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned uh, on uh, deals on your journey uh, within commercial real estate? Well, let me give you an example. I I, I want to let your uh, your your listeners. MC in on a little secret. You know, not every commercial real estate property I have invested in turns out to be a home run. You know, um, I just want to get that off my chest. But uh, now that I have, um, let me explain one that I that I went through in the summer of 2007. Now, you know, if you think back, 2007 uh, turned out to be the absolute peak of the real estate cycle the last time around. Mm-hmm. And, and I, along with a like-minded group of investors, purchased a 32-unit apartment located in a small town. And at the time, it seemed like it would be a good investment. It had large unit sizes. They were one-story buildings. It was located in a nice town, a nice, quiet little town. And, and it had the potential uh, down the road to convert to condominiums. And I was thinking, hey, what could go wrong? Well, it turned out a lot of things could go wrong, most of which could not have been predicted by the most knowledgeable of real estate investors. And to my great relief, we sold the property just a few years ago. And from that, that advantage of time, I, I now realize that I learned four invaluable lessons. Uh, and for the sake of time, let me give you two. Uh, the, the first lesson was market timing is everything. Uh, you know, the, the old adage, uh, you make your money on an investment when you purchase it, not when you sell it. It's very true. Uh, this investment had very little chance to perform well because we simply paid too much for it. We bought this property at the very peak of the real estate cycle. And if we had purchased it a year or two earlier at a much less inflated price, this property would have likely performed uh, admirably. And the, and the second uh, lesson I learned was uh, there's a reason why properties in small markets have higher cap rates. When the economy went bust in 2008, unemployment soared, you know, vacancy, vacancy rates rose and, and rents flattened or declined because of concessions. And as bad as this was in the large metropolitan areas, it was far worse in the small towns, which had higher vacancy rates and struggled with more significant rent increases. And when the commercial real estate market finally turned in the large cities, it was still another year or two before the small town uh, that we had this property located in uh, began to see occupancy rates rise and modest rent uh, growth start happening again. So those are a couple of lessons I've learned over the years. Not every every property that I invest in uh, is a home run. This one certainly wasn't. We, we made an internal rate of return of uh, a little over 7%, so we didn't lose, our, lose money, but it was just one of those properties where, uh, you know, it was a struggle uh, for the seven, eight years that we owned it. You're listening to Doug Marshall on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
MC Lobsher is the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast, Cashflow Ninja, and also the president of Producers Wealth. Producers Wealth assists people in creating, protecting, and perpetually multiplying wealth in any economy through creating processes that help them increase their production, provide them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Doug Marshall on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. Now, when we evaluate properties and we look at it, we obviously look at the project, the property itself, the partners, the team that's involved, the management, which is the secret sauce. And then a very big part of it is, is the financing, which you uh, definitely, definitely can, uh, can speak to. And then the cash flow. Uh, what would you advise listeners uh, on what to do and how to get started to get the best possible financing and loan for investment properties that they're looking to purchase? Well, there, there are three ways that you can go about uh, financing a property. I mean, these are, these are the obvious, uh, what I'm about to say, but we need to start there. You can, you can go back to a lender you've already done business with. That's the first way. Second way is you can shop the mortgage market on your own. Or three, you can employ the services of a commercial mortgage broker. You know, those are really the only three choices you have. And in the book, I go through the advantages and disadvantages of each of these three options. Now, I admit right up front, uh, not only to your listeners, but in the book, as a commercial mortgage broker that I'm biased. I believe using a mortgage broker is by far the best choice possible of the three. But if you decide to shop the market on your own, I lay out a step-by-step plan for how you get the best possible loan for your property. But uh, here are four reasons I believe using a, uh, employing the services of a mortgage broker is your best alternative. And the first one is, is that he knows more lending sources than you do. He knows which lenders are interested in your property type. He knows which lenders have the most competitive rates uh, and terms. It's his job to know. Uh, secondly, He's already established a good working relationship based on trust with his lending sources. They know each other's idiosyncrasies, and because of their prior relationship, there is a higher probability of getting the loan closed than if the borrower goes directly to the same lender. And then three, compared to shopping the market on your own, this option takes significantly less time and effort on the part of the owner. And then finally, this this is one that most people don't think about. he, the, the mortgage broker, is your best advocate if things go wrong. The lender wants to keep the mortgage broker happy because he brings them deals on a regular basis. Because of that, he has more clout than you do, you, the, the borrower. So if the loan begins to fall apart, they will do everything they can do, the lender will, to get that loan closed, or they face the real possibility of losing the future business of the mortgage broker. The borrower, on the other hand, is viewed as a one-off transaction. Yes, they don't want to lose this particular loan, but 
They know if they do, it won't have any lasting impact on their loan production. Not so if they permanently lose the business of the mortgage broker. So those are the four reasons why I would suggest you use a mortgage broker. But again, in the book, I lay out exactly what you need to do if you want to shop the mortgage market on your own. When we look at the numbers and when you evaluate opportunities and properties that come across your desk, what are some of the quick numbers that you look at and real estate calculations that you use, uh, whether to you're going to look into this property a little bit further and uh, research a little bit more? Well, you know, to be a, a knowledgeable commercial real estate investor requires having a solid grasp of the numbers associated with real estate investing. And there are at least six different types of calculations an investor needs to fully understand. And commonly, I find that investors, even uh, the, the most uh, experienced of investors, uh, might only have knowledge of two or more of these categories. They rarely have uh, an understanding of all six. And those six are is, how is commercial real estate valued? That's the first uh, type of calculation that everybody needs to know and most do. Uh, number two is how do you determine the loan amount based on the lender's underwriting parameters? Uh, it's, sometimes it's based on uh, loan to value, sometimes it's debt service uh, coverage ratio. There are other factors as well. Uh, number three is how do you calculate a property's cash on cash return? Uh, that's what you really want to be able to, to uh, maximize or optimize over uh, the life of uh, owning the property. And then number four, how does leverage impact a, a property's cash on cash return? Uh, it can either have a positive or a negative impact depending on the value of the property and the interest rate uh, that you have for the, the loan. Number five is how does loan amortization impact your investment? You might be surprised that there are, uh, there are three different types of uh, uh, ways to amortize your property, and they, they have advantages and disadvantages uh, uh, to each one of them. And then finally, uh, what uh, minimum financial requirements do lenders require of borrowers in order for them to be approved for a loan? Uh, it's surprising how many people don't know exactly what lenders are looking for, and they should. And in the book, I give the reader a short 10-question quiz to find out how knowledgeable they are on these six different types of commercial real estate calculations. This gives the reader a good understanding of where they stack up compared to their peers. And for, the, and the, for those questions they got wrong, I explain in detail how they, uh, these commercial real estate formulas are calculated so that they can get a, a, a better, uh, more thorough understanding of, of the uh, the calculations that uh, they need to know. Doug, there's a lot out there on the topic. Why would you uh, recommend that my listeners look into this one? Uh, and what are some of the things that you bring out in this book that uh, that other books don't uh, touch on? Well, I'm glad you you bring that up. Um, um, I think it's it's a it's a legitimate question to to, to ask. How is this book different than the hundreds of other books that are out there on the same topic. Uh, and I have two answers, two pat answers for that. Uh, one, most real estate investing books are written from the perspective of the author, what he or she has learned over the years. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. My book, on the other hand, is written from the perspective of my many clients 
over the, over my career, I've had dozens of successful, high net worth uh, commercial real estate investors that I've worked with. And I've learned a lot from them on what to do and what not to do in real estate investing. So the book is really the compilation of the wisdom I've found or I've learned from uh, my clients over these past 35 years. It's not just from my own personal experience in real estate investing. So I think that it adds value uh, to this book over other books written on the same topic. And then secondly, my book is, is one of the few books on, on real estate investing from the perspective of someone whose career has been uh, financing commercial real estate. Almost all the other books are, are from the investor's perspective. And again, there's nothing wrong with that perspective, but I believe to be a successful commercial real estate investor, you need to understand backwards and forwards the, the impact of financing has on the success or failure of your rental properties. So uh, you'll get topics like how to prepare a professionally looking loan package that will get the lender's attention and how to get lenders competing with one another to get your business. And um, you know, uh, um, the, another thing, another uh, item would be the six things you must do to make your property lender friendly. And then, as we mentioned just previously, there are 10 underwriting guidelines lenders use to qualify borrowers. These are topics that even the, the most seasoned real estate investor uh, may not know. And that's why you should buy my book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing. Well said. Now, Doug, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, I, you know, I saw that as a question that you had uh, posed. Uh, and I, I, think I have three that I, for me personally, and I think would be helpful for everyone. And that is the first one is to take calculated risks. Uh, Every one of us needs to overcome the fear of failure. Uh, I have friends, good friends that are frozen in place because they cannot uh, take uh, calculated risk when they need to. And yes, we're going to fail at times. Uh, It happens all the time. Uh, but you just pick yourself up and move forward. So I think that the number one thing for that I would uh, give to people that's, as a suggestion is to take calculated risks and overcome the fear of failure. The second one, which you know, I, I liked your top ten things that cash flow ninjas know. Uh, I I really think that they're excellent um, excellent truisms. Um, and the one that uh, I resonates with me the most is always be learning. I read a lot. I read uh, probably 20, 30 books a year. I attend a number of different seminars. And uh, there is a wealth of information that, that, uh, that we can uh, use for our daily living, for our businesses, uh, for our fam- uh, uh, family relations, for things that we want that are important in life. And I, I believe it's just uh, available by uh, picking up a book. But the third thing probably is the most important uh, for me, and that is uh, my greatest satisfaction comes from helping others. I uh, have two different uh, ministries that I am involved in, and uh, I get a lot of satisfaction by spending my time uh, working these two ministries. 
One is, uh, it's called the Jesus Table. It's a, uh, it's a free meal and a conversation on Tuesday nights. Uh, we have a lot of people that come that are homeless. Uh, we have elderly that are, uh, that are lonely that come for a meal. We have uh, single moms with children that uh, can come and know that their kids are going to be fed well and they can have a conversation with an adult. So that's one ministry that I'm involved in. The second one is um, called uh, Fairhaven Recovery Homes, and it's a ministry to um, it's a ministry to uh, people that uh, have decided that uh, they've bottomed out on their addiction and they want to uh, turn their lives around. And Fairhaven provides a uh, transitional housing for them and a structured a structured environment so that they can get a, a, a handle on their addictions and move forward. So I would say, truly, my greatest satisfaction comes from helping in these two ministries. Doug, where can my listeners find a copy of the book and where can they uh, get in touch with you and uh, uh, get more information about Marshall Commercial Funding? Well, they can go to my website, uh, Marshall Commercial Funding, excuse me, it'd be uh, marshallcf.com. And specifically to get a copy of the book, uh, they would be marshallcf.com forward slash cashflow ninja. Uh, that's where they can get a copy of the book. It is uh, available on my website uh, beginning June 15th. Uh, it will be on Amazon and Barnes and Noble uh, in December if they want to wait until then. So either come to my website or wait uh, until December and get a copy then. Fantastic. Well, Doug, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Well, thank you for having me, MC. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Producers and creators are the sources of all value on the planet. MC Lobster, the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast, Cashflow Ninja, is on a mission with Producers Wealth to help producers create, protect, and multiply their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy by creating systems and processes that help them increase their production, provides them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's your own banking system.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. 
I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.